Hello, and welcome to episode 16 already of Catching Up David. It's gotta be 16. I wouldn't lie to myself on this thing. It's the B-movie. Yay! Hi, Kristen. Hello. Hello, Hallie. Hello. Instead of saying gay, we should have been like, buzz, buzz. (laughs) We take it, we take. Buzz. 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 (laughs) The B-movie. Uh, B-Movie came out in 2007. It features the voice talent of Jerry Seinfeld, who also wrote the script, and Renee Zellweger, Matthew Broderick, Patrick Warburton, John Goodman, and Chris Rock, which is really crazy how many of those names that I actually recognized in this bizarre children's movie. You didn't think it would be B-Movie, did you? That you were like, I know some folks. That's more of an A-Movie with all those names. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh yeah. Our jokes are as good as the ones in the movie. <laughs> they, they may get better. Yeah, I was really struck by how many names I recognized in B-Movie. The sporting cast includes everyone from Oprah to Rip Torn to Kathy Bates, plus Larry King and Ray Liotta and Sting are all playing themselves for some reason. As I'm sure that you've all realized by now, it takes a lot for me to recognize celebrities, so the fact that I've heard of just about everyone in this movie was really something. B-Movie received mixed reviews, and failed to recoup its $150 million budget, which is a very large budget for this movie. (laughs) But years after it was released, it became something of an internet meme. In November of 2016, a YouTube user uploaded a video entitled, The Entire Bee Movie, But Every Time They Say Bee, It Gets Faster, which apparently had upwards of like 17 million views or something at one point. I think it's been taken down and re-uploaded by other people, so I couldn't find the original of it. But, yeah, internet. One article I read stated that the B-movie's internet popularity was, quote, a reaction not just to the movie itself, but to the realization among millennials that they'd been shown a truly odd movie as children (laughs) and thought nothing of it. Which, it really is a very odd movie. In case you haven't seen it, B-movie follows Barry B. Benson, a young bee and recent graduate who is trying to decide what to do with his life. All the other bees go to work for Honex, the honey corporation, where they toil away at the same job every day for the rest of their lives. But Barry wants to get out and see the world outside the hive. On a brief foray with the pollen jocks, Barry meets Vanessa, a human woman, who says... <laughs> That's what she is. I know. I know, David. <laughs> Barry meets Vanessa, a human woman, who saves his life when her boyfriend, Ken, tries to crush him with a shoe. Barry expresses his gratitude to Vanessa, breaking the bee law that states that bees should never talk to humans, and the two become close. Maybe too close? Then Barry finds out that humans eat honey and decides to sue all of humanity for stealing from the bees. A suicide pact, a stolen parade float, and the end of the world as we know it, Bee Movie. So, first of all, it turns out that my preview from last week's episode was incorrect. (laughs) I did my best, but it turns out there is no way I could have predicted just how insane this movie is. Talking bee falls in love with human woman and sues human race for exploitation is not where I was expecting things to go. There weren't, like, a lot of jokes where I felt I was laughing with the movie, which might have to do with jerry seinfeld and a few other writers from his show writing the script because i was never a huge seinfeld fan but there was a fair amount of laughing in in, like disbelief about where the movie was going 
anytime I sat back to sort of collect my bearings and process what I was watching, I started laughing about how crazy the premise was, which I guess is sort of an accomplishment on its own. Like, to be able to put something together that, I guess it's it's like a coherent movie. It's just none of it... I mean, there's a plot. Yeah, there's, a, there's a plot. And, it, you know, you go from point A to point B. B. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It felt like there's almost three different movies at work, though. Like, there's one where it's Barry has to confront, like, working one job for the rest of his life. And he's not sure that Honey's really right for him. He doesn't conform with the strict conformist society. And that movie's sort of about finding out what he's best suited for. There's even a conversation with Vanessa, whose, like, parents wanted her to be a doctor or a lawyer, but she really only cares about flowers. So she became a florist. And that movie sort of ends with Barry finally becoming the pollen jock at the end. So he can have the most glamorous job or whatever and gets out of the hive. And that's like, that's a movie. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> there's also the love story with Vanessa where Barry and Ken are in their sort of love fight to win <laughs> Vanessa's heart. And then is it possible for a bee and a human to find love? And that one ends with Barry and Vanessa have their partnership at the shop, and Ken goes nuts. <laughs> like, the bee like, is stealing my life. Yeah. Living my but life. But can you imagine just explaining that to your friends when they're like, how are things with Vanessa? And he's like, not great. And like, man, tell me about it. What's up? And he's like, a bee is romancing her, and I can't compete with him. <laughs> and they're like, did you say a bee? Like, yeah. you're going to sound crazy if you say it. Yeah, but, but like his that, face when she says that they're suing the human race and he just turns around like what <laughs> I can't decide if he's the audience analog or not like did they mean for that to be a thing I don't, no. I don't think so I don't think so I don't so. give Jerry Seinfeld that much credit oh, to think no. of that but there were other people writing too he's not the only one that's true yeah. like one of them may have thought in making him the way that he is and <laughs> reacting to the way that the movie is, they might have thought this could be an audience analog. He just, I, I don't he just think wants that... yogurt night. <laughs> like, it's a simple thing. He just wants yogurt night. And he's kind of a dick, it's true, because he yells a lot. He, like, yes. plays tennis and he says and he something. he has his brochure. His brochure thing. resume. <laughs> like, he's not a great person, but he also makes the most sense in the movie. Yeah. I would also maybe try to kill a bee because it's a fucking bee and it's trying to steal my life. <laughs> do you feel bad for Ken? Yes, I do feel bad for Ken. First of all, Vanessa was like never interested in him and I don't know why they're even together at the beginning. That's got to be one of those, they once had something good yeah. and time has changed it and now they're just holding on by a thread that like, can be just cut by a bee. Any old bee. Any old bee. Not any old bee. Just Barry. Just Barry. Just Barry. But I wish, like, Vanessa could have had her own little plot where she was like, I'm confused about my feelings, but no, they were cowards. They laid down this weird <laughs> romance and then didn't to follow up with it. Yeah. Hey, how are things with Ken? And she's like, not great. And I tell us about it. She's like, well, this other, there's this other guy. So is the, the same conversation that Ken is having, yeah. but like spliced, <laughs> like, split like what they did on Friends, except this is better because it involves a bee. Do you think Barry and Vanessa end up together at the end? I it's, want to say no. 
It's not explicitly said in the movie, and this is a movie that enjoys explicitly saying things, so I don't know. That's why I feel like the movie chickened out, which is fair, because it was a bad way to go, and I get a little bit more uncomfortable with it every time I watch it. But also, like... I was about to say, I wonder if they did go for it, and they're like, they're married now. And then, like, early audience reviews slash parents were like, no? (laughs) I can see that. Have them be in a partnership together at, like, their little law firm slash florist place. But no romance explicitly stated, please, because bestiality. But then why wouldn't the other parts of the romance also be cut? They don't give a heck. Not one Because, like... The little sequence where he is, he has the daydream about Vanessa getting in the plane and flying with him <laughs> that I lost it during because she just explodes <laughs> and she hits the rock. Yeah. Like. It's a metaphor for the relationship. That could have, I mean, I guess it serves as a segue because he's drowning out his parents or whatever at that point in time, but it's not, it's not necessary. And that's the strongest part of the romance that we get, I think, because if without that scene, the infatuation on Barry's part could be played up to, it's the first human I've talked to. This is interesting. But then they, like, really nail it in, and then they just back off, and it's it's, yeah. it's just puzzling to me. Yeah, that's sort of why it feels like it's divided into three different movies, because yeah. then the third movie is Barry suing the humans over yeah. exploitation. <laughs> like, he forgets the Vanessa romance thing as soon as he sees the honey, and then that becomes the plot line. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the whole, it, you know, it's got, you know, little guys fight back against corporate power and also has the sort of be careful what you wish for, like yeah. once the bees win, the flowers all die, so they have to fix that problem. And then, you know, they do, there's got a, a weird airplane scene for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, everything, like that's a whole, that's a whole movie that could have existed that <laughs> just happens to be act three-ish of this one. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a list of all of the things that I just have it written down as so weird <laughs> as I was rewatching it. Just that whole like buried dream sequence too. Like Vanessa at some point like slaps a mosquito to death and then they just like laugh yeah, hysterically. It's just there's about so it. many parts of it that don't sit right with me and I don't yeah. I don't know what they want me to think after it. I don't know if they want me to be rude and projected. I I don't think they have. I think someone was truly just like, what if a bee sued the human race? And they're like, dude, make a movie. And then they did. Yeah, and that dude was Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) I feel like in other hands, that premise may have worked and been genuinely funny. I don't know whose hands, but it could have. It's funny because of what it is, but not because it was trying to be funny. It's like... Do you think they were trying for the obvious metaphor of, like, working class exploitation? Like, do you think that was intentional on their part? Or do you think that just kind of happens because... I think it happened along the way. And then they were like, ah, yes, some good working class stuff in here. It it doesn't quite land, but... It feels like the most obvious thing you can do with bees, though, right? Yeah. Bees are part of a hive, and everyone's a worker for the queen, and... You know, they have to toil away at the same job all the time. Like, that seems... I don't know. And then, you know, extrapolating that out to, like, the honey production mm-hmm. and everything. It, it seems like the most obvious thing you can do with it. And they just went ahead and ran with it. Did we ever see the queen? I no, not no. once. I'm sort of surprised. 
You'd think she would make a cameo. Yeah. B-movie 2. B-movie 2. There's actually apparently... Queen B. Apparently since... (laughs) Apparently since it's become weirdly internet popular, people have asked Jerry Seinfeld about B-movie 2, and he said something like, let me find the quote. The Wikipedia says... Seinfeld himself said that he has no interest to make a sequel to B-Movie in wake of its online popularity. He said, quote, I considered it this spring for a solid six hours. There's a fantastic energy now for some reason, on the internet particularly. For some reason. I actually did consider it, but then I realized it would make B-Movie 1 less iconic. (laughs) But my kids wanted me to do it, a lot of people want me to do it, a lot of people that don't know what animation is want me to do it. If you have any idea what animation is, you'd never do it. So, probably no B-movie too. I saw a thing on, it was like Tumblr or Twitter, one of those, where it's like, I don't understand why they no longer invite Jerry Seinfeld to colleges, thinking that he's not relevant with the youths anymore. The entire auditorium would just be screaming, B-movie! The entire time. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. It's his, it's his legacy. It's his legacy. Yeah. Gen X... And older say Seinfeld. They're wrong. Millennials and younger say B movie. <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> you say they're wrong. I said uh, Gen X and above are wrong. Yeah. This is his true contribution to society. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. Who who is the audience for this movie? Man. Children who don't know what's going on. Yeah, it it plays like a children's movie, but so many of the jokes are either aimed at adults or would go so far over a child's head that I can't figure out who it's made for. Which, it it almost feels like the Animaniacs. Did you ever watch Animaniacs? I've watched it, but I don't really remember it. Okay. It was just a bit too young for Yeah, I wasn't sure how generational that was. Because I watched Animaniacs all the time, and I loved Animaniacs. But it doesn't, like require you to know who Ray Liotta is to appreciate their Goodfellow parodies. Right. Like, because they have the, the good feather, feathers, the pigeons, yeah. which is the same sort of thing, but you don't actually have to know or care about the actors behind it. I don't know. I think maybe they just, because all kids' movies, once you get older and you watch them, you realize how many, like, jokes just went over your head that all the adults catch. And I wonder if they just had so much fun coming up with those, and they're just like, joke, 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 that they almost sort of forgot that, not forgot that it was a kid's movie, but they're like, ah, they're kids, they'll just laugh at the movie and think it's fun regardless. It it does feel like B-movie was, how many B-jokes can we think of? And cram into five minutes of exposition during the opening scene. (laughs) And I feel like Jerry Seinfeld's strength is either saying something in a ridiculous tone to make it funny. He does a lot of like this where his voice cracks because he's yelling it. And it's like funny because he's delivering it with funny energy. But the line itself isn't very funny. And it feels like most of the B-movie jokes are that they rely entirely on context, which isn't, I mean, jokes often rely on context, so it's fine, but like, the context of B-movie is weird, and it's really, really tough to extricate any of the dialogue or the jokes from it. I just think if it was a normal conversation without him doing his weird talking, you'd be like, movie sucks, really boring. A line that specifically bothers me 
is like one of the very first ones where Adam calls him mm-hmm. on their little like antenna phones mm-hmm. and he's like, We're, can you believe it? It's here. And Barry says, can't believe it. And I was like, what a boring response. Like, I know that's a normal conversational response, but this is like your first line, Barry. I'm can't no, believe it. Can't believe it. But he says it like, and you know he's supposed to be like funny because it's Jerry Seinfeld. And he and just can't believe it. It's like, no, I can't. I can't articulate what bothers me you about it. You can't believe it. Shut up. No, I just was really bothered, as I mentioned, by the way he kept saying the letter I. It was always more like an ah than an I. I cannot think of a single example right now. He's horrible instead of horrible. That's yeah, also to what you that's, said. You're dead horrible. to me if you that. <laughs> that's on par with saying orange instead of orange. So his delivery left some to be desired. Yeah. Did. Well, I did. I feel like delivery alone is what... He was banking... A lot of the movie yeah. counted on. He was banking on being able to trick you into thinking it was funny. So we see through you, like Jerry. Like Jerry. <laughs> this episode is addressed directly to Jerry. No, I mean, I have no... T- <laughs> I don't hate Jerry Seinfeld. I think he's a little you bit... You see the poster she has in her office. It just says, I hate Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I think he's a little bit out of touch, but... That's about the worst offense that I know of he's committed... I just think that, like, we get the joke about, like, they're all cousins mm-hmm. in B-Movie. We get the, oh, middle school lasted for three days, and then we had three days of high school. I'm so glad I took that gap day. You did come back different. And it's like, aha, insects have short lifespans. I get it. And then the cousin's like, everyone in a beehive is related. Mm-hmm. Aha. It just feels like the whole first five of, minutes is, ha-ha, bees. I, I sort of liked the short lifespan one, because I forget that insects have short lifespans. And I almost was, expect that one fly to be going around for, like, five years. But if it so was, every like... Now and then I like a reminder. Just that. If it was, like, just that... Nothing is promised that. But if it was just that, I would, I would be fine with it. It's, like, a cute bee joke, but, like, it's but then, nothing like, but cute bee, bee jokes. Joke. And I, I don't black know. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Ooh, yellow, black. Yeah, like... And it looks the same. Yeah, it does. Although I did like his sweater. So... It was a nice Hufflepuff sweater. Yeah. I like black and yellow as a color combination. So... I liked seeing the bees. You were like, this is my aesthetic. <laughs> I was yes. like, yeah, beehive. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, beehive. Let's do it. <laughs> Is that 2020. A plus writing. Can't believe it. Yeah, beehive. Let's do it. I don't know. I can't believe it bothers me that much. I feel like a jerk. I just, I, I hate that line. What? We come up with phrases to encapsulate a year, calendar year, but also age year. And we came up with good ones, and no. we forgot what they were. We need a Google Doc. We do. So, apparently mine for 2020 is that nothing is promised, man. <laughs> so, Hallie should be, yeah, beehives, let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> I've what got nothing cursed? better. <laughs> so, what if you were cursed? So that every time you said yes, you had to say that specific <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
you want this last piece of cake? Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Somebody's like, do you want to get dinner sometime? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> a dear loved one just passed away. <laughs> and they're like, would you like us to stop by later to drop off the lasagna? Yeah, yeah because. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. At work. Hallie, are you over there? That's okay. In conclusion, I don't want to sound judgy or like I'm putting really, really high, like a high, I'm setting a high bar for B-movie. I just feel like a lot of the jokes were forced because Jerry Seinfeld can be good at coming up with one-offs and mm-hmm. one-liners, and he's good at voice work sometimes. So I feel like B-movie mostly, at least, at least the character of Barry B. Benson relies pretty solely on that. Yeah. There's not a and lot. like kids don't know the lifespans of insects, so they're not gonna get that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those jokes do Unless see you're the mostly. kids in the bugs. Then you're like, ha, those kids, the it. bug catchers of the world, yeah, they're gonna be they know super what's into up. it. And I guess it's not. I mean, it's not bad for a kids movie to have adult jokes. We also were assuming it's a kids movie because it's animated, which is bad because animated movies are great and they're not just for kids. That's and then true. it doesn't automatically make it a kid's movie. And then they tried to make an animated adult movie, and it was that god-awful food movie. Yeah, that Food Wars, right? Or Sausage no, Party? Sausage Party. Sausage Party. Was, yeah. I didn't even see it. I know it's bad. Yeah, so uh, Do you, I don't know who this movie is for. Do you think there's some sort of balance that needs to be struck between, like, kids' jokes and adult jokes to make yeah, a children's movie. There's also, like, jokes that are appropriate for kids can also be hilarious. You don't need adult yeah. content mm-hmm. or knowledge that adults would have to make a good joke. So I think the balance is pretty easy to strike a lot of the times. You just have to, like, have a varied sense of humor that doesn't rely solely on adult things. Like like the Shrek movies. Kids love them. They're hilarious. Then you watch them as an adult and you're like, oh, I understand that line now. Or you just think it's funnier now that you're an adult. Like you understood it as a kid, but Mm -hmm. now you've had more life experiences that make that line truer or more aligned to you in a way. And B-movie, I don't know if you can grow into that this way. (laughs) Like you may understand some jokes, but they're not going to mean anything to you once you're an adult. That's fair. Speaking of Shrek, I looked at Archive of Our Own a little bit mm-hmm. and the fan fiction community seems pretty split between Barry and Vanessa becoming a couple and Barry and Shrek which is extra funny because Shrek is not a part of B-movie <laughs> no I love a good crossover ship though also who would expect it to be like here are the two most popular couples in the Shrek fandom Shrek and Fiona and Shrek and Barry from B-movie I don't know if the Shrek fandom is as into the ship I think the Shrek fandom's no, like no they probably aren't but, like, can you imagine you just go for some fun Shrek fan fiction? <laughs> and like, then you find all this, this Shrek B-movie crossover stuff? I don't get it, because Shrek and Barry do not seem compatible. Why not? Their vibes don't match. Yeah, like, a, like aside from the obvious, <laughs> which factors into most of B-movie, their personalities just don't, uh, yeah. No, I don't think they play off of each other very no. really well. Okay. That's not you disagree. 
I'm just. I want to hear your argument. Yeah. It seems it seems like a strange line in the sand to draw <laughs> when B movie itself is. You're the, the one who looked at that kind of stream. I just wanted to take you a look. You gotta be ready. I wanted to just take a look. And so see, you're telling us that you can see Barry and Trek together. I want to know about this. <laughs> I I can see Barry and Trek together about as much as I can see Barry and Vanessa together. And how can you see Barry and like what? What's your stance on their ship? On on Barry and Trek? No, no on Barry and Vanessa. On Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa. Vanessa. <laughs> or just Barry. <laughs> Very Vanessa. <laughs> that sounds like a yogurt flavor. It does. Ken would really like to eat on yogurt night. <laughs> but he can't because nothing is sacred. Nothing is promised. Nothing is promised. I don't know. Aside from the obvious Barry is a bee and yeah. Vanessa is a human, they seem to get along pretty well. They seem to get along. I just, I genuinely, like, if I were to seriously consider, which sometimes I want to do, because I'm like, of course a bee and a human can't be together, but it's a yes. movie, so let go, Hallie. We Have fun. We're already ignoring so many other things. Like, you're already taking the Barry and Shrek <laughs> relationship seriously, so take the one the movie wants you to take seriously, seriously. They just, I don't know, they seem like friends. Like, his infatuation to me genuinely seems like I just met her. And it's the first human I've talked to. And he's got a little bit of a puppy crush. But again, they don't follow up on that later. So that's why I feel like it dissipates on his end. Yeah. It never confirms whether they're together. And he they don't seem... He suing the human I race. know, but they don't seem, like, flirty during it. He stays over for dinner that one time. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. That doesn't do it for me. I, I, but, I but at the same time, I think Ken's, like what are you doing in my house for dinner thing is also legit. Like, I have a lot of contradictory feelings about the story (laughs) of this movie. I think it's, at least for me, it seems more like it's, they probably stay friends, but they both probably had a moment where they thought about it. Like, for sure he had the puppy crush on her, and she probably was like, Barry, feelings? She's probably like, human men kind of suck. So (laughs) what about a bee? What about a bee? They've got a bee better, right? Hey. I wouldn't know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Defensively, aren't bees one of your top three favorite animals? No. They are. You no. like bees, bears, and bats? No. It spells out Bob and not BBB. <laughs> Otters, damn it. You like bees. I do like bees. I almost got a bee tattoo. And then I didn't. See, that's like liking bees enough that I could have made that joke, which I did, but I'm just proving that I had I had the backup for it. Bees are mammals. Bees are not. They are reptiles. <laughs> we know this. Birds are mammals. Anyway. Anyway. No, so I don't think they end up together. <laughs> this is my official thing. They've decided to be just friends, but they thought about it. Okay. And some nights when they stay up real late and have too much wine, they think about it again. They're like, no, no, no. Can't cross that line. Yeah, they seem like... They seem like Ross and Rachel if Ross and Rachel didn't end up together. And Ross was a bee. And Ross was a bee. They seem like that. Yeah. They've always got some kind of a... Like, any new boyfriend 
for Vanessa is going to have to do with Barry being a part of their lives. <laughs> and not in just, here's a close friend kind of a way. It's like, here's a close friend I have repeatedly almost started something up with and who drove my last boyfriend away. <laughs> and that's just, that's going to be Vanessa's life now. That's Vanessa's life. Yeah. yeah. She didn't expect this to happen. Mm-hmm. but kind of did. I wonder if anybody else would have the same feelings that Ken does about Barry. Or would they would, they would just be like, He's a bee. Whatever. He's friends with a bee. Like, let Ken, her have her fun. Ken does have some anger issues, which is shown yeah. to us during tennis, and then when he's, like, gonna crush the bee, because it's more than just, there's a bug in my house, so I'm gonna get rid of it. It's like a vindictive kind of a crush, because he's a villain, sort of, which, again, factors against the audience analog thing. I just saw one post where he'd made the face of assuming the human race that was like, this character made the most sense in the movie. And somebody else said, he is us. And I was like, maybe he is, but I don't know if it was intentional or not, if that was a writing decision. I don't know. I don't know anything about (laughs) B-movie. Every time I try to have an opinion, I'm like, but maybe the other side. For me, what is entertaining to me, but also bothers me, is that like everything else about B-movie, I can be like, whatever, it's B-movie. Nothing makes sense and nothing matters. But what I hate is that when they finally hear a B talk for the first time, all the people on the jury are just like, oh, wow, cool. Like not one of them is like, oh my God, a B is talking. I guess the case got to court if it but like, so they would have to assume like a like a non-talking bee isn't gonna get a case. So you're telling me if I was like, yeah, by court. the way, my cat talks. Are you in and, a courtroom? Okay, no, but you hear <laughs> that like all these other people have been like, yeah, Kristen's cat can talk. Yeah. You're telling me that if you finally heard my cat talk, you wouldn't at all be like, oh my god, that's a talking cat. You would just be like, Not yeah, that checks out. Sitting in a courtroom on a jury. I would. Okay. You'd be that annoying juror then. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's talking. I want to be like, person. shut up. Of course it is. My friend once told me about a person she was helping who had never heard of toast. And I went on what? about that for like two days. I was like, well, this that's man a lot weirder. Has never heard of toast. I find not hearing about toast a lot weirder than a talking bee or a talking cat. No. They were like, would you like some toast? And he said, what? What is toast? <laughs> just feel like like for two days I was like how has this man never heard of toast and I just feel like that's how I felt when everyone didn't <laughs> respond about the bees I'm like a bee is talking everybody but it's this should be front page news see we all have like really little things in the movie that gets to us mine is can't believe it and hers is oh bees what's yours yeah, what's the one moment that just got under your skin for no discernible reason? When they shoot Winnie the Pooh with a tranquilizer. God, yes, that was so weird. I hated it. it like extremely strange. That was that was like I can't even articulate how weird it was or why like, specifically it is weird. Well, it's the whole movie is sort of set in our world with the caveat that there's strange fairy tale logic going on, yeah. like. Both that bees can talk, and also there are rules around bees and not supposed to be like not supposed to communicate with humans or whatever. That's all fine. There's a trial, and like yeah. all of it sort of lines up with our world. But then suddenly there's Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, 
and Winnie the Pooh gets shot. <laughs> like, like, I hate it. It just, it just like makes me sad. It's not like a haha. They made a reference to a to a real thing that yeah. is a fictional thing in our world. It was just like, why would they do that? Yeah. It would have been better off if they did like one of those things where they, you know, they're talking about Winnie the Pooh, but they don't ever say it. Yeah, like and that would have been like a nod to like. Here's like, a ah, character who has a lot of honey, and here's a reference. Or they just like tranquilized a real bear who is trying to steal a beehive or something. That would have like, been why fine. Did, why did it have to be specifically <laughs> Winnie the Pooh? I don't know why they did that. And then they like explain to Piglet that like the tranquilizers will wear off in a couple hours, and Piglet's like, okay, <laughs> like, like really on board with this. <laughs> <laughs> like Piglet sold out Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he said one too many. Oh, no. There's so many. There's so many God. things that made my so weird list. Man. Like the scheming beekeepers that are having like See, their evil okay. villain talk. And that's one of the moments where like they make the honey and we make the money. <laughs> like 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 that's one of the parts where I'm like, are you trying to make this like? Like a statement against capitalism or a story about worker exploitation, because that line is where you lose me. Like that 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 ruins it. That ruins it because it's so I, weird and so silly. I thought of that as if this is meant for children, explaining what exactly it is a beekeeper does. But we're also trying to like vilify them because of the whole premise of suing the human race over yeah, honey. So fine, naturally. I just assumed it was sort of that because I don't think if someone had told eight-year-old me about a beekeeper i might be like okay i don't know what that is well like like, i'd probably have an idea but i don't know like the finer details so that seemed more like an explanatory i mean i know what they were done poorly (laughs) like i know what they were trying to do but like if you're going for a metaphor like that kids are dumb sure but like it has to hold up as they continue watching it as they age, and that doesn't hold up because like the bees would be making the honey anyway because they're bees. <laughs> so like if the exploitation was coming from inside the beehive, from like the queen down under, the queen to the yeah. lower—I don't yeah. know why I phrased it that <laughs> way. <laughs> the queen down under, the <laughs> Australians. From the queen and the bees were exploiting the other bees. I'd be like, okay, that's. That's fine. Like, I get it. Capitalism sucks and worker exploitation is bad. But now that it's beekeepers who, like, I know as an adult, take care of bees and help boost the bee population. And I know that I'm looking too into it, but it bothers me so much, that line, because the bees would be making, like, they make the honey because that's what they want to do. And they they have no use for the human money. They don't use human currency. Not at this point anyway. So what do you mean they make the honey, we make the money? Like, no, you create the surroundings for them to make the honey. You're putting in the work for that, though, to cultivate the bee's ability to make honey. I'm sorry. I can see everybody looking at me, and I know I'm looking too far into this. I'm just so frustrated by it. I hate those people. Which do you hate more, that or... Can't believe it. I don't know. (laughs) I think the beekeepers probably... That line, I just just had blocked it out. I haven't remembered it until David said anything about it. What about the weird suicide pact? 
Like, when was a suicide pact made? I'm sorry. They were sitting they, up at the top being sad about the world literally ending. Yeah, the, all the flowers were dead. And Barry says, how about a suicide pact? Oh my god, pact? that's right. And yes. Vanessa's like, how do we do it? I sting you, you step on me. That only kills you twice. Yeah. Is she allergic to bees? No. no. Then why would a sting kill her? That's what she just that's, said. It would only kill she, him twice. That's what she says. Oh. Yeah. I just, I just... I was here for it. I, it didn't occur to, like, no you, part you of that seemed be. weird to me. <laughs> because I'm just like, yeah, that's our humor. Yeah. <laughs> that, to me, is like the least weird joke of them all. Yeah, like Just that. because of millennials and how they are. Could have passed, honestly. I was fine with the suicide pact. It felt weird, but everything in the movie felt weird, so I think we're just rooting against it at that point. Yeah, I think I think it's weird if it is a children's movie, but it may not be a children's movie. I don't know. Yeah. It's a big old question mark. Yeah. Demographic? Like Ryan's spider board? Spider board? But just a B and a question mark. They don't know. I liked, um, his friend is Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the tiny sword they used as his replacement stinger. From, like, the drink? Yeah. It was yeah. like a, like an olive sword. Yeah. yeah. I was a big fan of that. Yeah. It's a dumb thing, but I'm like, yeah. That is pointy. Like a stinger. <laughs> Good job, hospital. <laughs> but then I kept thinking, how will he sit down? Like logistics that do not matter <laughs> but i was like it's too long stingers are not that long but this is gonna throw off his whole lifestyle me about that is that barry has an idea and he's like we have to get back to court go stall them while they do this thing and then he just leaves and i was like was court still in session because you're in the hospital i would have thought court would be on recess now why can you leave you're in a no you have to be checked out i think too much about things sometimes <laughs> just stop it i can't we want you to. I know. I also think too much about things. I have so many questions about this movie. But most of them are like, is it a fairy tale? <laughs> or a fable of some kind? Like, I just feel like Shane right now in BuzzFeed Unsolved yeah. where he's like, sometimes you just gotta let it be a mystery. And Ryan's always like, I hate that. Don't say it. He's like, you just, you gotta you know, accept that you're not gonna it. know. That's just how I feel about B-movie. Like, we just gotta roll with the fact that we'll never understand B-movie. We'll never understand B-movie. We'll, like, unless we get a time machine and go back to those fateful months leading up to this. But that's predicated on the idea that the writer's understood b-movie but i i think if you understood what was going through their head you may get you may you may be able to like okay you're you're starting to scratch the surface it's like a little maze and you can start following it in yeah 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 i want to go to the exact moment he thought of (laughs) b-movie there was a there was a kid in high school that i was like sort of friends with who is an artist and he did sort of um he did these gigantic canvases that were so like chaotic and like you know there'd be little people figures and dragons sometimes just like all this like really weird stuff going on and I'd look at him like that's really interesting I have no idea what's happening (laughs) but then in class one day I watched him draw one and just like 
he was making sketches for a thing later and he was just talking to himself the whole time and he'd be like and then we'll have this guy over here and he's gonna fight the dragon and then the dragon is actually spray painting on this wall and like he had this whole thing going through his brain good for him and as he was making it and just like putting the things in i was like oh i kind of understand i see what's happening now you're like oh Piece by piece, because when you see the whole thing all at once, it's like, I, this is too much. I don't understand how (laughs) any of these things fit together. But watching him talk his way through it, it was like, Eric, I got it. I got it. I got it. And maybe that's what happened with B-Movie. I hope Eric still makes his art. You know, last time, well, let's not get into it. Let's not get into Eric. (laughs) What else? did I have to talk about that was a lot of most of it was just like question question marks and some weird things there's like he has the sword fight with the guy from the grocery store with the push pin I think yeah that was one of the weirdest moments like it was just weird yeah for B movie even it was weird I didn't like it I just felt unsettled. For my iguana, Ignacio is what the guy says. Yeah, yeah. Ignacio deserves a good lunch. But I didn't like it. I don't have any remarks on it. It was just a thing that happened that I was like, cool. <laughs> I I'm guess they're to deal to just out. using a push <laughs> right? to fight a little tiny bee. Like, the closest I've ever come to fighting a bee is when I was 11 and we were in New Mexico and we were at the White Dunes National Park and I was wearing this very brightly colored tie-dye shirt that it must have thought was a flower and it chased me. Like it wasn't just like this bee was going around and I happened to be where it was going, like it was hunting me down. And I just kept running fat, running past and my family was like, haha, Kristen, being silly. And I'm like, this bee is out to get me. And that's the closest I've ever come to fighting a bee. And I felt ridiculous doing that. Like if you had a- way was yeah. the closest you came to fighting a bee. Fight or flight, and I picked flight. <laughs> but like, imagine just like just think about it. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, we got. I don't the little, like it. Got the little push pin. Yeah. I don't like it at all. It um. You're gonna get stung. You're not as fast as a bee. No. You're not. No. Yeah. Just... Once I was riding my bike and a bee. Stop there. Once I was riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> And a bee somehow hit the perfect spot. Like, I was wearing a crew neck shirt, and it hit the perfect spot of, like, where there was a gap enough yeah. for me leaning over that it just fell on my shirt. And then it stung me. Like, <laughs> and then it stung me. I couldn't finish my bike ride. Was I had to go panicking. <laughs> probably. I was mostly like, bee, what are you doing in there? Get out. I probably I did died. set it free. No, it was fine. No, I thought it stung me, but I never found a stinger, so it probably just, like, thought about it. And you felt it. <laughs> and took one of its legs <laughs> and just jacked me just, really just hard. just you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it survived. Yeah. We'll never know. Nothing is promised, man. Nothing is promised, man. Oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the scene where Barry talks to Vanessa for the first time. 
She also does not have appropriate an appropriate enough reaction yeah, to hearing a bee talk. She at least has some more like she stabs her hand a with a fork. Talking. Yeah, yeah, she, she like she at least herself does with a fork. Yeah, okay, she at least does that. <laughs> what would your reaction be to a bee talking to you? I think I honestly would just be like, I need to go to bed. I <laughs> would just fall asleep. But I know she's like, am I dreaming? But it would be almost so much panic that I'm losing my mind that I would be calm and be like, this isn't happening. I'm gonna ignore this. So, but the people who were calm in the jury section were No, wrong. because that was a different kind of calm. That was not like, this is weird. And I'm just gonna take a breather and sit down for no, a minute. Everybody reacts that was, no, they don't. The way that you and, do. <laughs> and they should have been more surprised. At least on their faces. Have more enthusiasm. I get you're in a courtroom. You can't shout. But you have to be like... In conclusion, everyone is either too surprised or not surprised (laughs) enough. No, they have to reach such an extreme level of surprise that they're calm. Like when you're very stressed out and you just sit there. They never did that? I mean, yeah, but like... But like, but that's when you what were... a boring scene in the movie that would be. Vanessa just well, sitting yeah. on a couch ignoring Barry. You would have dialogue to make. I mean, it I guess funny. Barry would be talking, so it'd be probably yeah. funnier than what happens in the movie. But yeah. like, I don't know how I'd react to be talking, but it would be more than those jurors. Do you stab yourself with a fork? No, that sounds painful. Yeah, you think you can cauterize your own wound. Yeah, I'd be about to die, so I have to. Both of you to assume that if you hear a beer talking, a bee talking, (laughs) already on death's doorstep. What would the scenario be? I don't know. I was bleeding out and had to cauterize my own wound, and I heard a bee talking <laughs> during that. Would process. you remain so calm? No, I think that would motivate me to cauterize the wound more because I'd be like, I'm losing a lot of blood. I'm hearing a bee talk, and that's not how life works. And then I would just. <laughs> what was also your question, David? I don't remember. Cut all that out. The question was about the scene with Vanessa and Barry and whether or not, I don't remember. Oh, well, just how she reacts when they first meet. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed to me like a fairly reasonable reaction. Yes, like, like the conversation, it felt like a Seinfeld bit. The whole, like, yeah. you know, she's offering him coffee and, and everyone is like really... At a heightened level, like you want some coffee? Sure, coffee. And like, she's clearly losing her mind and like pours the coffee on the floor or whatever. I did like um, that. Yeah, but it seemed to me like Vanessa had the most—I don't know about realistic, but like she was the only one that like Ken doesn't react when Barry talks. He just like comes home. He's like, "Is that the same bee?" <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's implied he's had time to process it. If he's like, is that the same bee? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like... I don't know. Yeah, Ken, the jury, there's nobody else that seems to even... Care. I think like even at the end of the movie where 
there's been a whole bee trial. I think if I heard a bee talk, even after that, I'd still be like, that's a talking bee. <laughs> I don't know. It's I like think, part it seems, of... It seems like a hard thing to get used to. I think part of what bugs me is that, like, Vanessa's reaction, she clearly is like, this isn't happening. This is crazy. And that seems normal. But literally right before the jury hears the bee speak, the, like, voiceover of the person on the news is like, we're about to find out if bees can actually talk. It's like this whole built-up thing, like, oh my god, this is crazy. Everyone's going to hear this for the first time. And everyone's just like, oh, okay. Like, when you look up what kind of soup of the day it is, and you're like, oh, tomato, all right. Like, that is the same amount of enthusiasm they had about learning that a bee could talk. And those those should be different levels. I agree. It also bothered me that he started by buzzing. That wasn't a good joke. Well, it wasn't a good joke, but it also, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around, like, so in the real world, bees buzz, but in this world, bees talk. But and they just pretend? He's, uh, did, yeah, do they just pretend and make buzzing noises? I like, thought at what first is... that it was almost, I think when I first saw it, maybe, I don't know, or maybe I just, I don't know. It was a thought that happened at some point where I'm like, what if Vanessa's the only one who can hear him speak and everyone else just hears buzz, buzz, buzz? Yeah. What, what if? What Detective if? Detective Pikachu style. Yeah. 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 It's a better movie than being movie. I was thinking about Detective Pikachu the other day, but not in a good way. What's not in a good way? Mostly because I saw that Booksmart was nominated for a Golden Globe, and I was like, wow, I really wanted to see that. And I think the night that I went to go see Detective Pikachu, it was between that and Booksmart. And Carrie said, you pick, and I said Detective Pikachu, and I left the theater thinking, I wish I had seen Booksmart. (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) I have no joy. I do have joy. No, you don't. Togepi was not in that movie. Togepi was in that movie. I will find the frame and I will pause it for you. Okay. And I'll send you a Snapchat. And I'll appreciate it because I did not see Togepi. There is a Togepi. I think I was like, wow, Hallie, you're right. You're always right. I will say one of those things. (laughs) It is not the latter. I've never been wrong a single time. What's a Togepi? It's a Pokemon. No, I know. I got that. From the context of the conversation, I understood that. It's an egg. What kind of Pokemon? It's like a semi-hatched egg. Thought it was real freaking cute when I was young. I had a little doll, and you could press a button in its hand, and it would go Togepi. How do you spell Togepi? T O G E P I. Okay. (laughs) Really cute. It's really cute. When a tokapi, it's an egg at first, and then it hatches into that. So only the top of its shell really breaks off. But the first person it sees, it thinks is its mom. And the first person it sees is Misty in the show. So it just, like, follows Misty around the whole time. And it's a really fragile Pokemon. Because it's mostly egg. Because it's mostly egg. Yeah. So they just have to watch over it, like, a whole bunch of times. Yeah. What's the really sad Pokemon? Cubone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> yeah. I was explaining to Paula about the um, the tops with the blue things. The counterfeit ones? Yeah. She was confused. She was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's, there's a Pokemon ghost that inhabits teacups. 
Cindy Pops. Poltergeist. And she was like, I don't think I'm there yet. No, they're in the uh, Grimwood Tangle. Or the Tanglewood Grim. I cannot remember how the words. Tanglewood Grim sounds like a really cool villain bar in the middle of the woods. <laughs> I don't remember what the actual. Where the is really called. cool villains go to drink? Yeah, they can track all the villains. Oh, they do bar. have their own little bar. Yeah, I like the villain bar. Oh. And in Tangled, when they had the bar in the, the woods, snuggly duckling with all the. They're not like villains, but. They're brigands. They have dreams like us. No, really. Just much less touchy-feely. <laughs> Please cut that. <laughs> the worst part is that my brain just continued the song. <laughs> it's a great song. Because I like the way that Flynn says money. Enormous piles of money. I like the way he says it. Also cut that. Because I don't know what sound You like was. the way who says what? Flynn. It really did not sound like you said Flynn. I thought you said Nifu. I like the way Flynn says piles of money. I don't know how I heard Nifu. I don't know how you heard Nifu. I like how Nifu says money. I'm like, what? Sounds like Lefou from Beauty and the Beast's evil twin. Nifu. Nifu. Remember when they bring a bear into the courtroom? Yeah. Yeah. Come. That was like no less weird than anything else that happened, though. So I was like, sure, the courtroom. The courtroom is like this. So much money to be on that jury. Hearing bees talk, a bear comes to visit me at work. <laughs> like. <laughs> so it's, many good things. Yeah. So many good things. All two of them. B movie. Movie. So many good things. Yeah. Thematically B. <laughs> That's probably the truest thing that has been said about this movie so far. Thematically B. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. That's probably a good place to leave it. <laughs> I don't know how much of this episode is going to be usable. <laughs> but this was the weirdest one we've recorded so far. Which is fitting. It should be. Alright. So next time... This is the one we chose, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to remember earlier, and that is it. Next time on Catching Up David, Jimmy is a moody, misunderstood, broodingly handsome high school senior who's never been close to anyone his whole life. Until one day, he meets the new girl in his English class, Lilo, which is spelled like Lilo, but that's not how she pronounces it. The two bond over their love of Shakespeare, and particularly Romeo and Juliet, which is not at all thematically significant. They share their first kiss and talk about spending the rest of their lives together. But something is wrong between these star-crossed lovers. It's cancer. (laughs) Lilo has a brain tumor and is given six months to live. Suddenly, the rest of their lives becomes much sooner than either of them expected, as the two of them have to come to terms with love, death, and whatever comes after. Maybe starring Robert Pattinson as Jimmy? Or am I thinking of Twilight? In any event, tune in next time for The Fault in Our Stars. I think the book's by John Green. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's cancer. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. That was a ride. That was indeed a ride. Until next time. <laughs>